Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Nothing to Hide. My name is Kevin, and today will be part two of my ayahuasca uh, experience in uh, Costa Rica at uh, Rhythmia. And last I left off was the point where I had just arrived to Rhythmia. And I thought I'd just read a portion of my journal entry from, from that evening. So as soon as we arrived, we were invited to use the washrooms. They gave us some pineapple water, which was amazing. Took our photos and gave us a rundown of the intense, highly packed sessions and workshops. Literally, I had to book surfing lessons for the following day at 8.45 a.m. By the way, yoga at 7 a.m. No breakfast for me, so I booked my massage, three hydrocolonic cleanses, and rushed to the doctor for my checkup. So included in the resort are three, uh, they call them hydro, uh, I think they call them like sea water or sea ocean hydrocolonic cleanses. Um, and I'll detail that when I get to them. Um, as well as uh, a massage. Uh, also, when you arrive, you need to be screened by uh, a doctor to ensure that you're fit to be um, participating in the ayahuasca ceremonies. Uh, because uh, prior to taking ayahuasca, you, um, you don't have to, but it's almost, you should uh, do a dieta where you're cleansing uh, your body of like, you want to abstain from meat. Um, uh, essentially you're vegetarian. And one added aspect that I really like that Rhythmia recommended is uh, taking a break from social media and just, I guess, just being in front of the screen as much as possible, of course. Um, obviously, any type of work today, for the most part, requires being in front of a screen. So sometimes there's no avoiding that. But, you know, things like social media, they recommend avoiding it prior to uh, arrival. I, I think it's a, a month, two weeks to a month at least. And for individuals that have issues with like um, alcohol, alcoholism, or, you know, addictions to, to chemicals or opiates or, you know, drugs or things of that nature. They need to um, abstain themselves from uh, at least uh, 30 days, uh, possibly more. And individuals that are on um, antidepressants or, or SSRIs are essentially urged to um, abstain from taking them for, I think, at least maybe three months. But again, that would be at the discretion of their doctor, of course, because um, obviously there's a reason why they're been, they are on SSRIs. So um, there are, there's a lot of evidence that suggests the interactions between um, psychedelics and SSRIs can be life-threatening. That's why for individuals that are on SSRIs, 
may want to, well, should should not do um, ayahuasca amongst any other psychedelics. Okay. Um, so we arrived at Rhythmia at approximately, I would say, 5 o'clock, maybe, quarter to 5 p.m. So I uh, rushed to the doctor for my checkup. It's 5.15 p.m. and breath work starts at 5.30 p.m. Haven't gone to my room yet. Rush to the reception, figure out my room, drop my shit off, change from jeans to shorts, and race over to breathwork, which is said to be transformational in itself. I want to be open-minded, but I'm also pretty logical. You experience some euphoria because you're hyperventilating. Uh, I question the facilitator's knowledge when it comes to this stuff. But anyways, I was on the brink of losing consciousness because oxygen was being pumped to my head and not my extremities. So essentially breath work is, um, when I explain it to people, a lot of people will compare it to the Wim Hof breathing technique, where essentially you're uh, kind of not forcing, but you're putting a, a, a concerted effort on the intake of your breath and uh, just letting you the natural exhale so it's almost like um, more effort on the inhale than the exhale. And you're doing this at a pretty fast pace for up to 45 minutes to an hour. So another participant or another guest at the, um, at the center, Arrhythmia, uh, essentially understood that what you're doing is you're forcing oxygen essentially to your brain um, and your extremities is not necessarily um, getting the same amount of oxygen. So that's why you may experience some tingling um, at your like fingertips and uh, your feet and things like that. But this form is, um, is known to activate at times DMT, which uh, I read or I've been told is found in your lungs and so you could have um, almost like a psychedelic experience naturally with this method of breathing um, but i was very uh, skeptical and so i was a little i guess in hindsight i can see that i was being a little bit of um, i was expressing my skepticism in a way that could be misconstrued as as rude perhaps, although the people uh, that were at, working at the center at the time, which I've known have since gone on to start their own um, businesses and their own practices and so on and so forth, um, they are just so patient and understanding that honestly they're incredible, um, at least when I went. Uh, I'm sure it's still an amazing, an amazing place. So I was on the brink of losing consciousness, consciousness because oxygen was being pumped to my head and on my extremities. Needless to say, I saw some wacky stuff, maybe because I was going lightheaded. At first, I didn't notice my frequency, and I say that in quotation marks, or vibrations, also in quotation marks, elevating as they suggested. I only felt a tingling sensation starting from my chin and around my head, uh, and I put in brackets, oxygen overdose. I then was advised to kick my feet on the ground and shake my arms furiously. Eventually, my extremities went numb and also had a tingling sensation. 
So there's um, an understanding that you're, you're accumulating uh, a lot of energy in your body. And um, I was, um, I think everyone was lying on their back um, during this um, breath work exercise. And one means of allowing that energy to kind of flow through you is to just kind of like shake your arms and just kind of thrash around essentially. So they recommend kind of like stomping your feet while, while you're lying down and almost just kind of like swinging your arms on the floor, like beside you. Um, so uh, when I, when I advised, when I told Nicole of the numbness I was experiencing, um, she simply told me to embrace it. So I did. I'm really interested. So clearly I was diving pretty deep into the um, spiritual, the more esoteric um, learnings prior to my arrival. Uh, arrhythmia and and I I definitely forgot about this but I, I wrote it in my journal um, I wrote I am really interested in the eighth dimension which is a place you can manipulate your life health other people's health etc and um, I think it was an individual's ayahuasca experience um, that was sharing the multiple dimensions that we're living in, the multiple dimensional planes. So uh, we're living in the third dimension um, and there's a fourth dimension, a fifth dimension. I think the fifth dimension is like our dream state, so on and so forth. And um, apparently there's an eighth dimension where you could start manipulating um, your health and, and things of that nature. So um, I wrote that I was looking forward to, uh, to going to that, that uh, dimensional plane. Uh, I also noted, uh, but you could only get there from the little I studied with good intentions. So I keep hearing people talk about seeing the cosmos and they are shot right out, right out into space. Really wanting to go there myself, I began to see darkness, uh, of course, as our eyes are closed, and then sheens of neon blue lights shimmering like snowfall, um, snowfall of sparkles. I'm clearly hyperventilating because I'm seeing stars. Then I see what appears to be two eyes that are also a neon blue color uh, in the darkness um, because my eyes are closed. And I go on to say, so I'm in this state and uh, the facilitator asks what the spirits are providing, if they're providing anything. For some reason, the idea of working for the rest of this year and uh, resigning in the new year hits me. And this thought felt so good and so right. Um, for those of you that perhaps did skipped the previous episode, in it, I was at a very um, low point in my life, primarily because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I knew that I didn't want to continue working in the bank. 
And uh, obviously that was the only experience that I had. I um, I had uh, about 13 years in the bank and um, no other experience or education. So, um, you know, it's a pretty big sacrifice if you choose to walk away from uh, the only thing that you know. So uh, I go on to say, um, this thought felt so good and so right. In my mind, however, uh, whoever it was I was speaking to, I asked, what would I do otherwise? And whoever was sending me these ideas simply said that I will find another job with the same salary or more. Uh, maybe I need to strain my brain with excess oxygen to come up with good ideas, which in theory makes sense. Uh, anyways, I heard a woman crying her brains out. Um, and this was during the, uh, during the breath work. And I went on to say, uh, like, holy fuck, she was bawling. <laughs> um, clearly not very woke at that time. And another technique the facilitator had us try was making uh, a tone with our voice to match a frequency in our body, uh, which they called it toning. And uh, perhaps if you couldn't move the energy that you're accumulating from this uh, breathwork technique, another method was to kind of seize the breathwork and just simply tone. And um, that I, I actually found that that alleviate a lot of the pressure that I had accumulated, perhaps like the oxygen, because I stopped doing the breath work likely, but neither here nor there. Um, there was a moment when I was committed to the breathing technique, which was an inhale with effort and easy exhale to a, a one, two, one, two pattern. Um, and I, I put in brackets, hyperventilating at its best. Uh, the facilitator comes by as I'm trying to elevate my frequency um, because sadness, anger, etc., has low lying frequencies, whereas love and gratitude um, has high frequencies or energies. So I believe there is a scale and I know um, from watching the YouTube channel of a mutual um, guest that was at um, Rhythmia, um, who I later found out has a YouTube channel, uh, illustrate the scale of um, certain, I'm not sure if they're energy frequencies, but it's, um, it's a scale of low-lying energy, like anger, sadness, things of that nature, to higher levels of energy like love and gratitude and um, there's a multitude of emotions and um, I guess mental states in between. Uh, so, uh, so the goal is to bring up our low frequencies to match a high frequency and sending thoughts of love to support it. Well, the facilitator comes over to me and uh, me being an overheater um, I was sweating like a beast. Uh, the pillow was uh, completely soaked. Uh, my neck was drenched. And the facilitator, without any hesitation, just sli slides her hand 
right underneath my neck, cradling my head, and holds it there while she's getting me to start, as she says, a tantrum-like behavior with the kicking and pounding of the hands. Um, being an overheater and just sweating all the time, um, you get very self-conscious of it. So I made an, I made a note to say that she, she got a good handful of my sweat, but she, she wasn't obviously like grossed out or anything like that. She's just so, so what's the word I'm looking for? She was very caring and um, obviously she was supporting my head from potentially hitting it, hitting the ground while I was um, doing the tantrum behavior. Um, at the time I was getting ideas for a, a painting. Uh, da, 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 da. Didn't do the labyrinth thing which I mentioned earlier. Um, okay. So that was um, essentially, she, like there was about 30 to 40 people. I think at that time there was um, a carryover of uh, the guests from the previous week that were near the end of their, um, their week stay or their stay rather. And uh, we had just arrived, so there was uh, an overlap. And so I think there might have been even more, I'd say perhaps even 50 or 60 people. In any case, um, they started kind of getting us to uh, slow down or stop our rapid um, breathing technique. And they had us uh, kind of sit up, kind of, collect ourselves and um, and just had had a question and answer period uh, where people were able to share their experiences, ask questions. I was one to share my skepticism. And again, the facilitator was just so patient and understanding. Even when I posed the possibility that isn't this just hyperventilating I remember the facilitator saying, yeah, yeah, it's a form of that for sure. Um, so they're just, they're, they're so honest and they, they're very transparent. It was, it was a wonderful feeling. You, you know, when you have someone that's sharing their expertise and you see possible holes in the things that they're, they're saying and you challenge them and they start beating around the bush. You, you get that feeling immediately of this person doesn't know what they're talking about. So uh, I did not have that feeling at, um, at Rhythmia. And um, it's so important because it, 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 for me at least, instilled more confidence in, uh, in being there. So um, after the breath work event, uh, came to a close, we got to have some dinner, a uh, rather late dinner, and we all uh, gathered around, uh, I guess like the outdoor cafeteria, and uh, just to continue reading here, it says, we're all sitting at a table together, 
we're sharing our knowledge of plant medicine, purging, and shitting. Everyone seems older than me. One guy being a CEO of a company with 2,000 employees from Toronto. Another couple from Calgary. And a freelance writer from California. Uh, after a long, very healthy dinner, uh, the freelance writer decides to, to leave. And um, I was trying to find an excuse to, to leave myself. And uh, we're all having such a good conversation. I didn't want to be the first to go. So I kind of piggybacked off of uh, this new writer that I had met um, to leave at the same time. In hindsight, I can see it kind of came off weird because uh, she's leaving. I decided to leave with her. Um, and I couldn't remember where my room was. So it looked as though like I was following her, which I wasn't. <laughs> and then, and then eventually I, I found I found my way back to my room. Um, plus I had to get up at six the next morning to to do yoga and and and, and uh, the surfing lessons that I had signed up for. Um, I remember hoping to kind of explore Costa Rica or or do an excursion at the end of my stay, but based on how the the workshops and everything were uh, scheduled, really the only time I had was the following day. And the reason why I wanted to kind of push it all back was because I thought during the week I could kind of build up my stamina because I was just not in any good shape at all when I arrived. Um, and as, as a, uh, as we go on in my journal entry for day one, um, you'll you'll see that um, by way of how much I struggled in, in yoga the following day. But neither here nor there, the only time they had available or the best time that they had available was the following day. So I just I just booked it. Um, oh, I had a really funny incident where the the, the safe in the room uh didn't accept the uh password i had entered so i was locked out of the safe that i had my money in so that i could pay for the excursion um that was a little bit of a fiasco um, and i just youtubed how to break into the safe um, and fortunately i was able to get into it uh, with the help of some of the staff um, who were so helpful to, to help me get my stuff. Um, so, oh, okay. So I uh, get back to the room. I had the, the safe box fiasco, uh, which we managed to open up eventually. Um, and I just kind of give an idea about the the center itself, the room and the resort. Uh, the room is clean, but it's still pretty rustic uh, because of the type of resort it is. No TV in the room and things of that nature. Um, not a lot of outlets. Um, I see those small menus popping in the future. Okay, so I think it was perhaps its second or third year. I think it was in its second year. 
since its inception. So obviously, you know, like they didn't have like a, a mini bar. Obviously, they definitely don't have any alcohol. There's no, um, you you can't drink alcohol while you're there, of course. Um, I didn't notice that there were more women than men. Um, and at that particular time, far more older uh, than me. Uh, I, I noticed a woman that appeared to be in her 80s. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I feel that the plant medicine is what draws the clients here, obviously. Um, because truthfully, you're there. You're there's no time. Oh, there's very little time to kind of relax or sleep. Um, and then I ended my journal entry from that. Um, that was Saturday and then the following, and then the following Sunday, um, I share my experience, uh, going to yoga and, uh, going surfing as well as a second evening, I think of breath work. No, there was no breath work that night. Oh, no, there was. Sorry. Okay. So, um, on that note, uh, I'm going to end the podcast there. Um, this has been really uh, cathartic almost and very, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't too long ago, but it, it still feels very nostalgic and it's, it's a good feeling because I made really close and healthy relationships with a lot of the, the guests uh, at Rhythmia while I was there. And uh, rereading my journal um, just kind of flooded my memories with, um, with really positive and um, good feeling um, emotions. So. I know uh, I shared the link to this podcast for um, a lot of my friends uh, from Rhythmia, and I just want to tell you, uh, if you're listening, how much I love you and uh, how grateful I am for your friendship and your support. Um, I probably wouldn't be doing this uh without a lot of your encouragement and, um, and the lessons that I've learned from uh, speaking with each and every one of you. So on that note, thanks so much again for listening. Uh, I hope to share part three of my ayahuasca Costa Rica experience in the coming days. And if you want to contact me, you can reach me at uh, nthpod at gmail.com that's nthpod at gmail.com thanks again for listening and i'll catch you next time bye